Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of his presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and he wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used his awe to inspire others to follow him deeper in their lives. Today on In Awe by Bruce, we're excited to have Kevin Malone on the call. If you're a sports fan, you're probably familiar with Kevin's name as a player in baseball, but even more so as the executive vice president and general manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was named best GM in the game and retired in 2001 with multiple postseason appearances and a world championship. So that seems like enough right there, but it was only a start for Kevin. Since then, he has dedicated his life to ending child sex slavery, working through PATH, People Against Trafficking Humans, which he founded, and also he is president and co-founder of the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. You'll also find him involved in the Inner City Vision, Hope for Israel, and more. He's been married to Marilyn for 38 years, has two children, Shannon and Sean, and an honorary son, Peter. Now, Sean's life will also be a topic today as he was a miracle in their midst, but more on that in a moment. For now, thank you so much for joining us today, Kevin. Appreciate you being here. Bruce, it's a pleasure. I'm in awe of your name, and I love that. Uh, I love the fact that some people are still in awe of God that still have holy reverence for the Lord and that seek Him wholeheartedly. We're living in a world and a culture now that doesn't have a lot of respect or awe for God, but uh, I'm thankful for those that still do. Amen. And, you know, I hope this isn't too long of a kickoff question, but you obviously are a man who's in awe of God. Can you take us down the path of how God built that up in your life, Mm. you know, to motivate you to do all these great things you're doing? (laughs) Bruce, I think a lot of times through failure, I think uh, I realized at an early age that God was actually pursuing me, and I didn't really know what that means, and that sounds strange now, but there are certain things early on in my life where God showed up in different ways, peculiar ways, ways I didn't really understand, and as I got older and started living life and seeking to know what life was all about, really living in the world and pursuing the things of the world, the pleasures of the world, I realized how shallow it was and how unsatisfying everything that the world had to offer. Yeah, there's some temporary pleasures and things, but they really don't have much meaning or much true satisfaction. And then when I was a junior in college, I had an encounter with Jesus that rocked my world and humbled me. And I realized this is what life's all about. This void in my life that I was trying to fill, the things of the world just weren't doing it. But when I had this encounter and realized I'd I knew about God. I knew about Jesus, but I didn't have a personal relationship. Mm -hmm. I never really repented or asked God for forgiveness. I never really sought him wholeheartedly. It was just kind of an afterthought in my mind. That's when I realized the awe of God, that I was humbled by his mercy, his grace, his goodness. As he started to reveal himself to me, and I started seeking him through time in the word of God, through worship, through sermons, through going to various church services. I just fell deeper in love with him because everything I experienced in the world up till then and since then pales 
greatly in comparison to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing compares to him. Wow. Wow. Let's get to one of those incidences that had to have such a huge impact on you. Can you take us through the story of Sean and you have the Mm. documentary out, Sean's documentary. Yes, sir. Can you take us through that to kind of tell us how it came about? I would encourage all your listeners and anybody that they know to share the SeanMiracle.com website or the SeanMovie.com. So in July, in July of 2013, July 2nd, Sean overdosed after being doing a study abroad at the University of Melbourne in Australia. He came back, went out with his friends, partied too much. He didn't know the Lord and overdosed and he was declared brain dead. And we were told by the neurologist to pull the feeding tube that he was gone. And if he did survive and live, he'd be like a vegetable and uh, be in a vegetative state, just drool and wouldn't have any of a life. But we told the neurologist that we had this faith in God. We were going to pray fast and seek God's miraculous healing. And we weren't going to listen to the doctors. So they kicked us out of one hospital. Then they kicked us out of another hospital. We finally found a place in Colorado, Craig Hospital, where uh, after 60 days in a coma, God brought him back to life. And, you know, the awe of God, if you really have tasted God and, and know the Lord and know of him, there's nothing like worshiping him and seeking him. Yeah, life is tough. We have issues. You know, my son, Sean, overdosing and going through the pain of that and the struggles of knowing if he was going to survive because he didn't know the Lord. We were worried if he died, he'd go to hell because he didn't know Jesus. So that was a painful experience. So uh, I just thankful that God is a faithful God, Bruce, that he does Mm. hear our prayers. He's still in the miraculous business. He's still Jehovah Rapha, the almighty healer. He's still Jehovah Jireh, the almighty provider. And that God loves us. And I know life is tough sometimes. It's been tough the last year or two for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I believe the truth and the hope is found in a relationship with God through faith in his son, Jesus. And I'm just all of him that he gave my son a second chance. My son came to know the Lord Jesus after he came out of his coma. Yeah. And uh, he studied Hebrew. We've been to Israel. I've been there eight times. I've been to Israel eight times. My son has studied Hebrew. He speaks a little Hebrew now. It's just all the power and the miraculous love and mercy of God through Jesus Christ. So I can't praise him enough. You know, I'm, I'm at loss for words a lot of time. I can't really describe the greatness and the majesty of God in, in Jesus. It's just, it's beyond my ability uh, to put it into words, Bruce. Mine too. I, that's why, you know, I figure stories are probably one of the best ways for people to, to grasp onto yes. it because it is, it's so far out of our ability to describe. Uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed in the documentary was what your wife prayed, that she, mm. that Jesus, we don't know if our son really knows you. And yes. if he does know you, then take him. But if he doesn't, then we pray for Amen. the biggest miracle. And, and that happened. You you were there and you guys yes. were praying over him. And I just remember too, Francis Chan, who a friend pastor, his daughter just saying, he didn't look like he had any life in him. And then one time I saw yeah. a tear roll down from his eye. And yes. Kind of built from there, right? Right. Well, I think that the Sean movie or Sean Miracle movie, it's a testament to the power of prayer as well. Mm-hmm. That God's a faithful God. So we had 
from Francis Chan to John MacArthur to I can name a lot of godly men and women that were praying for David Crowder came and visited him in the hospital and prayed over him in Colorado. I had Stephen Curtis Chapman praying. I had all these heroes of the faith that are yeah. on the earth now, all these men and women of God praying for my son. So I have to say that prayer does really work. The prayers of the righteous availeth much, the word says. So I believe in prayer. I saw it work. My wife's prayers, humbly my prayers, the prayers of our family and friends. And God hears our prayers. We just cried out to God. We just humbled ourselves before God. I have to say, Bruce, my wife gets asked this question a lot. Well, why your son and not mine? Because we don't have the answers to that. God was just merciful to Sean and gave Sean a second chance. I don't know why some sons and daughters don't get that. I don't understand. I don't have the answer for that. Right. All I know is that God heard our prayers, and it wasn't because we're any better than anybody. We're not. We don't really know why God, other than God's in his mercy, decided that Sean was going to be a a miracle story. So that's all we can do is just tell about what he did in our life. We don't know why he doesn't do certain. So, and we just want to put him on display. So the Sean Miracle movie, Mm -hmm. uh, it's in five languages, Bruce. Yeah. It was pumped into Iran through a Mohabbat, through a satellite. It went into over 8 million homes. We've got it in Hebrew subtitles. We've shown it in Jerusalem a couple of times. Uh, We've showed it in different third world countries. It's just God. It's just who God is. He's a loving, merciful God. He's a God of hope, Mm -hmm. and he's a God of truth. And I think right now in our culture, Bruce, people that aren't in awe of God, if they really seek God, if they truly try to know who God is, they'll be humbled, and they will know the awe of God if they if they truly seek him wholeheartedly. Mm, so true. And that kind of leads me into the next part of this. How did all the things that you were involved in then to lead to work to fight against the sex trafficking of mm. children, which is just a horrible stain upon the world? God kind of related on my heart, Bruce, that if I gave you your son back, which he did. I'm going to, I gave you Sean back. Mm-hmm. I rescued him on your family's behalf. And, and because I love your son, I want you to go and rescue kids from this evil that is all over the world. Mm-hmm. So with Francis Chan, we went to Thailand. We went to Chiang Mai. We were in Maysot. We saw four, five, six, seven-year-old kids that had been sold as sex slaves. It broke our heart because when you pray, God, break my heart for what breaks yours, be careful because that might just happen. Mm-hmm. And, and God just laid it on my heart that that's what he wanted me to focus on. That's how he wanted me to spend my time and to use my friendship resources and my personal resources and any other monies I could raise to fight child sex trafficking in America. I've got a lot of friends that do it internationally all around the world, and they do great work. But God said, I want you to focus on preventing, in the first place, preventing kids from getting caught up in this evil and sex trafficking, but then work with people and do rescues and provide restoration. And our United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, we have the only boys trafficking safe home in America, which is in Central Florida. So 
10 to 15 to 25% of all traffic kids in America are boys. No one ever talks about little boys being sold for sex. It's yeah. happening in America. So God called me. He knows I like to fight, Bruce. I don't know yeah. why, but I've always liked to fight and it's got me in trouble. But he said, okay, if you want to fight, I want you to fight on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Be a warrior for me and go and protect kids. Go after these predators. Do everything you can to rescue as many kids and provide restoration as possible. He said, I gave your son back. Go get sons and daughters back for other people all across the country. I do some work internationally, but I really focus on kids in America being bought and sold for sex. Wow. What is the biggest surprise to you? I mean, you just named one, which is the number, the percentage of young boys. What other surprises have you seen that you didn't expect? Well, I think that's a great question. I think people would be surprised to know that over 100,000 boys and girls are sold every day in America for sex. So most kids are sold every day or sold between 5, 10, 15 times a day. So oh. they're raped 5, 10, 15 times a day. Now you add up, do the numbers of how many, if men, so let's just say it's 100,000 men. I mean, that's 100,000 men that are out there paying to rape our kids. So I think the numbers are stagnant. A lot of people don't think it happens in America. They think it's a, a foreign country problem. Right. It's a huge problem in America. Men are perverted. They're evil. They're separated from God. They're mm -hmm. sinful. And they're addicted to perversity, to their predators. Our kids are under attack. And a lot of people put their head in the sand, Bruce. They don't think that their kids are vulnerable. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's only one or two degrees of separation mm -hmm. from anyone's child or grandchild or nephew or niece from being abducted or lured into this. It happens to upper middle class, to wealthy, to it's not a racial issue. It's not a, a socioeconomic issue. It's a sin issue. It's a spiritual battle. Yeah. And Christians and, and people need to stand up and fight for our kids because they're under attack. Mm. Tell me, Kevin, what's what's the strategy that, that you use and how could people listening help? First of all, people listening can pray because this is spiritual warfare. This is the darkest type of spiritual warfare I know that exists is men paying to rape our kids. So when I'm trying to attack the enemy, the devil and his demons, I come under various types of attack as does my family. So we need prayers of protection, of wisdom for me to approach this in a way that is the most effective, that's the most God-honoring. So I need a lot, a lot of prayer. So the approach for me is the one is to try to reach men's hearts mm -hmm. because it's a supply and demand issue. If men didn't demand yeah. to have sex with kids, then there wouldn't be a supply. There wouldn't be hundreds of thousands of kids being bought and sold for sex. So we've really got to get to the hearts of men that it's not okay. It's definitely not okay. It's wrong. It's sinful. It's perverse. For yeah. you to pay to have sex, or I say to rape a child, to anybody, a, a woman or a man, I just need a lot of prayer. And you can go to our website if anybody wants to learn about how they can personally fight it. We have trainings. We train law enforcement. We train teachers. We train first responders. So the USIAHT, the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking.org, USIAHT.org. And anybody that wants to be equipped or learn more about the fight, we'd love to have you join in this fight. Wow. 
So that brings me to a question with getting the kids out of it. How successful is it to try and help with that scarring that's gone on? That's another great question, Bruce. It's very difficult. We find that kids that are caught up into this, they go through the Stockholm Syndrome, so they actually start to think that these traffickers love them or care about them. So they'll run away, but they always go back. So when you rescue, a child is rescued that's been sex trafficked, as you mentioned, there's a lot of trauma. We find that it takes years of special therapy, of wraparound services, because they're so traumatized that they need a lot of health care, mental health care. They need all kinds of help for, yeah. for all the issues that they've dealt with. And it's expensive. Unfortunately, it's expensive to rehabilitate, to bring restoration to these kids. But it's, it's worthy. These kids are created in the image of God, and they're all valuable. A yeah. lot of people will say, well, you know, they're from different minorities or if they're from broken homes or they're from this. They make excuses about the, their kids. Right. You know, they can't control yeah. their circumstances. So right. no matter what the kid looks like or where he's from or what his economic background is, we need to protect our kids. So parents need to be trained and educated, as does everyone, to know what to look for, to know who these predators are, the way they approach things. We're using technology to go after these guys now to try to discourage them and stop them from going online. Because a lot of this is, Bruce, about 60 to 70 percent of this purchasing of kids is done online. So social media is scary for parents. These predators know how to reach out to the kids. They know what kids are vulnerable. They use uh, various types of the games that kids play and they're on the Internet. They're looking for kids that are vulnerable. So. We just all have to be educated and not think it won't happen to our kids or our grandkids because it is. It's very close to all of us. Kevin, any success with reaching those people that are paying for this? That's the biggest challenge. I think it's one of a kind in America, Bruce. Our Hmm. ministry, the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, when we have our technology, when we have men going online, we have fake ads up that men might click on it. Mm-hmm. And once they're engaged and they're trying to purchase sex from a child, yeah. we will interrupt and say, this is a computer. It's not a 12-year-old girl. Do you need help? If you need help, click to our resource page okay. and we will provide you help. So we offer help. We believe in redemption, Bruce. Yeah. We believe, even though I get disgusted with these men, and mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I'd like to kill them all. I mean, yeah. I'm just being honest. They need redemption. They need a personal relationship with Jesus because that's the only thing that can free them from their addiction and and turn their hearts away from wickedness and darkness to the light. So we want them to come to know the Lord no matter who they are. But it's hard because these men, are their hearts have been hardened. It says in Romans 1, talks about the hardening of the hearts, the Mm -hmm. sinfulness of man. So we just need a lot of prayer and we just need supernatural intervention by God to reach these men to stop participating in this sort of evil activity. Yeah, because Jesus died for those sins too. Yes, Mm. we're all sinners and my sin is no less grievous. And sometimes I think we as believers, we try to prioritize certain sins, but Mm -hmm. we're all sinners. We all fall short. We all need a savior. We need Jesus. He paid the price for our sins. And everybody needs to know that no matter what your sin is, you need a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. So true. Hey, well, Kevin, I know you've got another appointment, I think in just a couple minutes. So I don't want to 
take advantage of you because I got 2,000 more questions. Well, I'd love to get back on with you in the next couple of weeks, Bruce. I love being on your show. Oh. I love what you're doing. Well, thank Anyone you. Anyone that's trying to lift the name of Jesus up and magnify him. And I think this film that you talked about earlier, Sean Miracle mm -hmm. movie, seanmiracle.com, seanmovie.com, it lifts up the name. It will cause you to bow down and revere God and be in awe of God because oh. He is in the miracle business. So true. I, watching it, you can't help but cry, and you can't help but feel the same things as a parent. So, I, yeah, I can only recommend it to the highest level. It was really good and very Thank effective. Thank you, Bruce. And I tell you, even to fathers, yeah. I was a failure as a husband and a father, but God gives us a second chance to be the best husbands and fathers, and it's not easy. It's not easy being no, a good no. husband or a good father. Right. And I put my job, I put my, my profession ahead of it, and I regret that now. I mean, work's important, and we need to, to work hard, and I love to work, but my wife and kids are more important than my job or my profession. Yeah, that's good advice for all of us dads. It's hard to, to realize that sometimes because we're so motivated to work hard and to accomplish things and to build things and and uh, provide for our families that sometimes we get off track a little bit, or sometimes, like I did, off track a whole lot. Well, and I, th I think you said it right in the documentary that you realized all the things you were doing that you're doing for your family, as we as fathers and men think, but really the most important thing was they needed you. Yes, that's a good message to get out there, Bruce, and I'm glad that your listeners will share this with their friends, with their friends that maybe don't know the Lord or have walked away from the Lord that, man, I don't know how you do life anymore without Jesus. I mean, I, life is hard. Life is yeah. challenging. Nothing makes sense, Bruce, apart from the Lord. And, and I mean that with my whole heart is that I've tried to figure out and do things on my own, and I've failed with the best of them. But when I try to seek and stay close to God and walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh, and mm. God just kind of provides and does things that I'm so grateful for. And mm. I want everybody to experience that joy and that guidance and blessings that come with knowing the Lord and being in love with him. It, there's nothing compares. No, nothing. nothing. Uh, you think, boy, all this is going to be taken away from me, all these things. I'm thinking I'm loving everything. And then you find out, oh, my gosh, it is so much better. Right. Right. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard for people that saying about, you know, I was climbing up the ladder. I got to the top of the ladder in this baseball world and I yeah. was r running with celebrities and I had all the things that the world has to offer, realized the ladder was laying against the wrong wall yeah. and that there was a lot better things. I, Bruce, the one last thing I'll finish and close yeah. with, and I'd love to be back on your show whenever you'd have me, is sure. there's Please. nothing that compares to the worshiping God, seeking the presence of the Almighty, being in awe of Him mm. and seeking Him and being in that communion with Him in His presence where you can almost literally sense the presence of God all around you, that peace that shalom peace that comes, that fullness mm -hmm. that I, I've done everything the world has to offer, pretty much everything, Bruce, and there's nothing that compares to being in that close communion wow. and in the presence of God. So true. So true. Well, thank you, brother, for being on, and, and God bless you, and we'll, we'll get you back on here real soon. I'd love to, Bruce. God bless you. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Thank you for all that you do. Okay. Take care. See you, Kevin. Bye. Bye-bye.